Buzzcast is the tuxedo t-shirt of the podcast world. What? We take it seriously, <laughs> but we're laid back. I don't right. think you understand what a tuxedo t-shirt is. <laughs> what is a tuxedo t-shirt? A tuxedo t-shirt is a t-shirt that looks like a tuxedo, but he's saying it's laid back but professional. <laughs> a tuxedo t-shirt is not professional. <laughs> Welcome back to Buzzcast, guys. The last episode of 2019. It's crazy. This year just flew by. So many awesome things happened in podcasting here at Buzzsprout. And so uh, since it's the last episode of 2019, we wanted to kind of do a, a recap, a reflection of that and all the different features we rolled out and all the things that are going to help you be more successful into the future. But before we jump into that, Albin has uh, a really interesting news article that you wanted to talk about. So why don't you jump into that, Albin? Well, it's not just the last episode of the year, it's of the whole decade. That's I mean, true. This is yeah. closing out a decade of Buzzcast episodes. <laughs> um, but the big announcement that I'm super excited about is Hot Hollywood is the number five podcast in the world. Wow. Interesting. I've never I've, heard of Hot Hollywood. I've never heard of it either. <laughs> um, what is it? Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Go Hot ahead. Hollywood is U.S. Weekly's um I think it's maybe like a gossip podcast. Okay. And so James Cridlin wrote this article. He's like, you know, it came out on these lists and it was right at the top and it's number five and I'd never heard of it. And if anyone doesn't listen uh, to pod news podcast um, that James does or l read his newsletter, he is like the most plugged into the podcasting industry of anyone. So he should know about it. And so he started doing some digging and he wrote this article where he's looking at chartable data and he's saying, well, huh, they're not really ranking for anything. And then he's looking over at, um, I think it was Castbox. Yeah. Castbox yeah. tells you how many people subscribe in their app. Right. And it's public. And it's like 150 were subscribed to this podcast. Yeah. And Castbox is like the number four, I think, app. It's like one of the most, it's like number two on Android and number four overall. On podcast apps. And so he's like, okay, maybe it's new. Well, it's not new. It's been around for a long time. He goes, okay, how the heck is this possible? And so he ends up doing more digging and basically on their homepage, because they have so many people that go to their website, they were actually in the browser loading the episode and they had just, you know, a little bit of a glitch with the player they were using and it was loading the episode and it was triggering it to look like a play and so um, PodTrack was then looking at it going, oh, my gosh, they're getting so many plays. Hundreds this is of one of the top of podcasts of all time. Day. Yep. Wow. So, and, and, and this was because rarely when you, when you look at your, your podcast statistics, a small percentage of those are going to come from like an embedded player on a website. Most of those are going to be in an app, like an Apple podcast app or a Spotify or directory. Right. So even if you look at the data and saw like 99.5% of their plays were coming from a website, that would be yeah. eyebrow raising as well. Well, we will see it. We would filter these out. But if ever we are looking at the people making requests and all of a sudden we start seeing a request that looks like just a ton on a browser and they're not making through to your stats, we know that those it's a it's bot activity. Mm -hmm. Um so well, yeah. it's either a bot or something like a preload or something. And that was in this case, it right. wasn't a bot. It was yeah. a bunch of preloads. Sometimes it's not malicious. Like this wasn't malicious, but, um, you know, it kind of fits into this larger theme where we've also seen people gaming iTunes stats or excuse me, Apple podcast stats and rankings. And now we have, you know, this, um, so it's kind of kicked off this whole conversation, this larger conversation about, 
um, the validity of some of the industry statistics. Um, because, you know, PodTrack is the company that a lot of advertisers look to to say, okay, someone's telling me they get this many plays. Um, I know they've got a podcast host as well, but I want you guys to really validate that for us. And even, and they were able to be fooled by it. Now mm-hmm. it was again, I'm not saying it was, it's obviously not malicious, but it kind of feeds into this larger kind of thought process we've been having that, um, you know, maybe what we have right now for validating these stats is really not good enough. Right. Well, yeah, especially if you're going to take it as gospel, it's like this is the definitive number. Take it to the bank, right? Because yeah. because from an advertiser's perspective, like let's say that you sponsored this show, and Podchak said that oh you got two hundred thousand downloads on this episode, and you're paying them at a CPM rate to reflect that. In reality, it was five hundred people that listened to it. Then that that becomes a huge problem, and so so also an over reliance on on statistics that aren't that can be gamed or fooled in this way is not not great for the podcasting industry. Right. So this happens often, like any podcast host is susceptible to have weird traffic show up in their stats. And we all try our best to, to filter that out, to identify it, filter it out, make sure we're giving accurate numbers. So the, the question is, is why is this such a big news story? Why is James Cridland of podnews.net reporting on this? And the the biggest issue that he saw was that <clears throat> there were two companies involved um, they both played a part. PodTrack was the one reporting the data and they were using a URL prefix. And the player that was being used was a Simplecast player, one of their older players that was doing the preloading. And both of these companies are IAB certified. So IAB is the Interactive Advertising Bureau. They came out with a guideline for how we should track and measure podcast plays. Basically saying what counts as a play and what doesn't. What should we filter out and what should we you know, allow through to count as a play? Both these companies have gone through the certification process. They've spent a lot of money to get certified. And if you're certified, you should be catching stuff like this, right? But now we have two companies involved. They're both certified. It got through both of their systems and registered as a top five podcast. What is going on? <laughs> this should never happen. And for us, we this we took this to heart because this has been, we, we've pushed back a lot against the IIB guidelines. We've said it's not a real spec and, um, the, the, the guidelines can be bent to the technologies available to the company. So like PodTrack, for example, is not a podcast host, so they don't have access to server logs. Server logs provide our best, it's our best source of information of what actually happened, what triggered that download, where did it come from? Does it look suspicious or does it look real? Since PodTrack doesn't have access to that data, all they have is the initial request. They can't tell how much of the file was downloaded. Um, and so they've, I, again, we don't know exactly how they're doing it, but somehow they came up with their own proprietary solution to not having access to server logs to still get certified. And my concern has been if, if, if you're going to certify people who don't have enough data to really verify a download, then what's the point of the certification? Um, and so we've been resistant to going through the certification process because we don't believe that the guideline is a good guideline. We think that there's too many holes in it. And this just shows that there are massive holes. And so why is this bad for independent podcasters and the independent podcasting community? Exactly what Travis said. If you're trying to monetize your CPM, um, 
and advertisers pay you, let's say they drop $10,000 to advertise on your podcast because you're a top five podcast. Well, really, you're only getting three or 4,000 plays. You're not getting these hundreds of thousands of plays that they think you're getting because those are the numbers that you're reporting from your certified podcast host. And their return is way less than $10,000 because that ad only got listened to by 3,000 people, not hundreds of thousands of people. So they're not going to advertise with you again. They're not going to believe in podcast advertising. They're not going to think it's work. it works. They're not going to think it's effective. And if they do come back and want to advertise again, it's going to be at a much lower rate. They're going to say, no, we're going to pay you like $5 CPM, not 40 because you know you only drove this much business for us. Your 200,000 listeners only turned into $5,000 in sales for us. We can't continue to pay those rates. So this is terrible. This is, this is not, <laughs> uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's super frustrating that I feel like the old guard in podcasting has really rallied behind this IAB uh, guideline. Again, not a spec, just a guideline, but they've rallied behind it and they've said, this is everything that we need and everyone should do it and everyone should pay the money to get certified. But the numbers aren't good. There's holes in the system. It's not reproducible data. Anybody can implement it different ways. And so um, we've been thinking a lot about it. We're trying to solve the problem. We're trying to work with other hosts. We're working in a work group with James Cridland and some other people in the industry to come up with a better solution. But if you, if you have been in some Facebook groups where you've heard talk about the IAB, or if you've been to a conference where they have IAB sessions and getting certified and you've wondered, hey, why isn't Buzzsprout IAB certified? This is exactly why we haven't taken the steps to get certified because we don't, we don't want to back something that we think is dangerous. And we, we like independent podcasters. We think there's massive value in podcasting and the relationship between host and listeners. We think CPM rates should be as high as possible. And when you have systems like this with holes in, in them like this, uh, there's the potential for it to completely devalue the, um, the entire podcasting space and advertisers confidence and in their ability to get a return on their investment of investing in the space. This is why, I mean, this is part of the messiness of having an open source or not open source, an open, you know, ecosystem where lots of different people are doing things different ways. And there's a lot of things we love about open podcasting. Um, but this is, you know, if you're on YouTube, like YouTube sees a bot and then they just block that bot and everybody on YouTube is affected the same way. And that would be something YouTube would push is like, see how great, you know, being on a platform is there's only one person making these decisions. Whereas in podcasting, it's dozens of people trying to make the decision. So this is some of the messiness that we are work, you know, working through. Um, but what's really important is that we get it right because as we get it, if we get it wrong, we make it loose enough so that different types of companies can all get in. We end up leaving open the ability to be, I mean, embarrassed with, you know, a goofy podcast no one's heard of being right. ranked number five. Right. When we get this right in the industry from the host perspective, again, this is a little bit of inside baseball. Um, so feel free to skip over it if you're not super interested. We do use chapter markers. So yeah. You skip to the other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> super interested in the headaches of being a podcast host. But ideally, you should be able to host on Buzzsprout and then move your show to another host and your numbers shouldn't change wildly. Yeah, I mean, maybe a five or 10%, you know, you know, difference is acceptable, but that you shouldn't move from Buzzsprout to, uh, let's just use SoundCloud or something because 
I don't know. That's notoriously <laughs> bad. But if you did that, if you moved from Buzzsprout to SoundCloud, your numbers would probably go through the roof and you'd be super excited, but it's only because they don't do any, you know, bot blocking or anything like that. Um, and, they, and then again, you could move to another host. What's happening right now is you can move from one IAB certified host to another and you can get wildly different numbers. That doesn't make any sense to me. If we're using the same um, set of rules and we're to count a play, what is a play and what isn't, then the numbers shouldn't be wildly different. So we need a better spec. And all this uh, energy and hoopla that's going behind, uh, IEB is the way to go. This Stuff like this, this is not the first time stuff like this has happened. Um, Daniel J. Lewis did something earlier in the year where he created his own bot to kind of test the stats packages of different hosts. And he found discrepancies, big discrepancies b- between different IAB hosts. Um, there's just too many holes in it. And so, yeah, if you really want to get into it, you can go to the IAB website and download their spec and see. Um, but anyway... We'll, we'll talk a little bit later because we've been thinking a lot about stats. Yeah, I mean, just to kind of put a bow on this so we can move on to fun, more fun things, I think. Yeah. Um, I think the problem is not that IAB came out with a set of guidelines that said, here are some things you can consider to potentially make your data more accurate in this particular way. My issue has always been, it's been marketed as the silver bullet that will fix podcasting once and for all. Yeah. That once everyone becomes IAB certified, all of our problems go away. And since it has kind of come out with the IAB podcasting guidelines and more and more podcasts have come onto that, we haven't seen that. We've seen the opposite in many respects. So color us skeptical at this point, but we're hoping that 2020 can be a a good year for podcast hosts as we continue to push into these different ideas and different ways of tackling this problem that are going to be beneficial not just to advertisers and sponsors, but really to support independent podcasters as well. Yep. Well said. We're going to figure it out in 2020. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here. All right. So I have compiled a list of all the different work cycles. Again, if you've listened to the show, you know that we work in work cycles, six week work cycles. So I've gotten, I have a list of all the work cycles that we went through in 2019 and some of the highlights of each of those work cycles. So I thought it'd be fun to run through all the new things that have, uh, that we've done for bus route in 2019. Awesome. Let's right. jump into it. Yeah. So in January, 2019, we had the first work cycle Quebec. Our cycles kind of go follow the, what is that called? The NATO alpha phonetic alphabet. That sounds correct. Thing. It's like Quebec Romeo Sierra. Let's go with that. Okay. So we kicked off Quebec work cycle in January. And the first thing that I have there is that we launched an API for Buzzsprout. That has been a really cool project. We kicked off. I'm going to have to refresh my memory on some of these things, but I think our two first uh, integration partners were Alitu. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Am I saying that correctly? Alitu. Yeah. Was, and was Hindenburg the other one? And Hindenburg. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if you edit in either one of those fantastic products, you edit your podcast in either one of those, uh, you can publish as soon as you're done with the edit, you can just hit push to Buzzsprout and it pushes straight into Buzzsprout. So you don't have to download the file and then come over to Buzzsprout and upload. Yeah. And if you're listening to this and you're like, what the heck's an API? It's just some, it's, it's a way for different uh, pieces of software to communicate with each other to make the process of using different pieces of software easier. Yep. Right. So it just streamlined the process of if you're editing in Hindenburg, you don't have to go through a bunch of extra steps to like close out your Hindenburg work and then start your Buzzsprout work. It just flows right into the one foot into the other. Yep. Last two softwares to talk to each other. Um, the next thing that we did in there was we gave people the ability to export their stats. A uh, couple different reasons that that was really exciting for us. One, um, 
people want to look at stats different ways. And so being able to download those in a format that you can open up in a spreadsheet program like Excel or Google Sheets or something, and then just run different your own reports on it or manipulate it different ways is, is fun and interesting for some people. Um, the other thing is that if you move podcast hosts, if you move from Buzzsprout to somebody else's stats, don't go with you. And so being able to um, just create another opportunity for people to not feel like they're locked into a host. Um, we hope you love Buzzsprout and you'll stay here forever. But if the day comes where you feel like you need, you'd be happier somewhere else, we want to make sure that you're free to go. And so exporting stats is another way to make sure that if you move, uh, it's, it's not disruptive and you have all your data. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last thing for Quebec that we pushed out that was big uh, was something called achievement emails. Mm-hmm. Hopefully everyone listening has received at least one achievement email so far, because the first one I think we send is that you published your first episode. <laughs> <clears throat> so hopefully everyone has gotten at least one, but there are different milestones along the way to keep encouraging podcasters. We know that podcasting can be tough, especially if you are doing like a solo show or you don't have a community of podcasters around you, you're just, you're just doing it yourself and it can feel isolating and lonely sometimes. And so we wanted to give you uh, some encouragement just to be able to, um, to know that you're not alone in this, that, uh, at all along the way, whether you're getting tons of listeners or you're not, there's other things to celebrate. And so we tried to create achievements that were around more things than just, um, how many listeners or how many downloads that you're getting. Um, and so we hope those have been exciting and they've been shared a lot and it's been fun for us to follow along as our customers reach different milestones and different levels of success. Yeah. I always love seeing it when somebody like one of the first ones I ever saw someone was like, Oh, I just published my 200th episode. I was like, holy cow. I was like, you put these out and you don't really know that people are going to be hitting these milestones right away. And it was like that day. Someone was like, oh yeah, the 200th episode, I just got my, you know, achievement. And I'm like, man, I'm so glad we got it out in time for that guy's 200th episode. Yeah. And for people who don't podcast, oh my gosh, 200 episodes. That just, that's so much work. That's That's, that's such a huge achievement. That's that's four years. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Every week for four years. One I one thing that's not going to show up on there, you know what uh beginning of the year last year was? Hmm. First episode of Buzzcast. That's oh, right. Buzzcast trailer came out in December and I think it was very beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. That was when we had like a different format to the show. Right. But uh yeah, so that was a year ago. We might be getting an achievement email soon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Buzzcast was was born beginning of end of 2018, beginning of 2019 and then birthed several other podcasts and but yeah, yeah, that was a big, big, big thing for us too. All right. So after Quebec, we moved into Romeo and that is when we started our podcast gear review videos mm-hmm. during the Romeo oh, cycle. Yeah. So we started pushing into YouTube and Travis and Alvin have done a ton of work on our YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, so we started, I think one of the first things we started doing was the uh, first video was like the ATR 2100 versus pod mic. Yes, right? we had a pod mic ATR 2100 battle video. Yeah. Um, they didn't, they didn't actually fight each other, but you know, I, there's makes it a sound epic. Nobody else got to, nobody got to see this, but Travis took a photo of him holding like the two microphones in his hands. <laughs> and then our video guy edited it to look like there's like lasers coming out of your hands and like electricity, like it was, Emperor it was like, Palpatine and Star yes. Wars. And we were like, Travis, what is this? You're like, A-B test it, man. We're like, no, no. <laughs> we can't put this on the internet. He's like, this is this is what YouTube wants. Tell you, tell you so, what I'll do. I'll upload it to like Dropbox or Google Drive, and I'll put a link in the show notes. So if you want to see what that alternate thumbnail was, you can go and check yes, it out. I, I thought it was epic, but uh, ultimately. Yeah, if you ever think it was a boring thumbnail, it wasn't on so brand. Kevin and I are, <laughs> we're the killjoys. Yeah. 
All right. The next thing we did was since we started creating these new videos, um, when you go to buzzsprout.com and you're logged in, you skip right over the marketing site because we think that's a better experience for people. Marketing sites, it's just the, the homepage that you get to if you've never been to Buzzsprout before. Right. Yeah. Or if you hit log out, then you land there. Um, but we didn't want people to have to log out to see these new videos and the awesome um, blog posts that we're creating every week. And so we created a resources section inside of Buzzsprout, which brings in that blog content and the videos. And so... Um, and... And some deals. Coupon the, codes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Lots of from coupon codes. the people who did the API. They yeah. Some of the first. And Hindenburg. And now we have... There's about a, five or six others. Yeah, yeah there's yeah, a lot. 99 Designs is in there. Hover, if you want to get domains. Yep. Um, We're trying to give you enough discounts so that your Buzzsprout subscription is practically free. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a worthy goal. I think people appreciate whenever you can help them save money, yeah. you know? And then we also did, in Romeo, um, podcast websites redesign. So the the public-facing uh, yeah. podcast website that you get with your Buzzsprout, Buzzsprout subscription, if you use that, that got a facelift in the Romeo cycle. Yeah, I loved it. I was a huge proponent of that um, because when you're just getting starting in podcasting, there's so many things you have to learn. You don't want to add on web developer to your <laughs> list right, of new sure. skills. And so us being able to uh, create what is, you know, it's still in my mind, the best looking podcast website. Um, and you can map your own domain to it. You can send people to that link no matter what device they're on. It just made it a lot easier to promote your podcast episodes without having to you know, filter out, oh, well, which device are you listening to it on? And, oh, you're on an Android phone and I have an iPhone. Let me see if I can find a Google podcast link. It it was just a whole... Right. A lot of people ask that question of what link should you share when you're sharing your podcast? And we wanted to try to answer that question with the redesign. And so it was important to include all the links like Travis was just talking about to Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all the players. Um, yeah, so we, that is a, a great answer to that question. If you're wondering what link to share, share your Buzzsprout link. Yeah. And it clicks this, you like click subscribe and it pops up like all 30 apps so that we can find your listings for you and say, Hey, grab them anywhere. Go for it. Yep. Mm -hmm. All right. That brings us to Sierra. The Sierra work cycle. The first thing I have is the visual soundbite enhancements. Visual sound bites are a little 30 second, 60 second video clips that you can upload to Instagram and YouTube and Facebook, all your social media sites. And they, you know, tease highlights from your episodes to get people to click through and subscribe to your podcast or listen to the full episode. And originally they were just very plain, one style. And so we did these enhancements so that you could change the colors and customize them, make them look a little bit more like what you want. Um, so that was a big update in Sierra. And you can also change the aspect ratio too. Yeah. So that was a big thing that people loved was you could do square videos. You could do uh, four by five vertical videos. You could do 16 by nine videos. So mm -hmm. depending on which platform you're using or promoting your episodes on, you could tailor the uh, visual soundbite for that platform. And you yeah. could customize the colors so they match your brand. It used to just be, we had kind of this... Um, it's like a rainbow. Yeah. It was it's like, like this, we'll hit all the brand colors. It was colors. like the Mario Rainbow Road kind of like mm -hmm. style. And now we've got a... Now you can match it to whatever your podcast looks like. Yeah. Which makes a little more sense. And then the last thing in Sierra was that we redesigned the episode sidebar on your uh, detail page. So... As we're getting more sidebar on the detail page, does that not make sense? I feel like this we're get, this is pretty deep. This is we're getting deep. <laughs> These are the right. deep cuts. <laughs> so let me tell you about what I'm talking about. When you log into Buzzsprout and you're on the episode page and you click on the title of an episode, the next page you go to we call the detail page. It's all the details of your episode. 
And the sidebar was starting to get messy because we we're adding a whole bunch of things like the new visual soundbite and transcriptions and chapter markers and all that stuff. So we designed it or redesigned it to make it more clear and, you know, break things into sections. And, um, again, that's just a usability, making it easier to use Buzzsprout and less intimidating when you're first coming in. So the learning curve is less steep. Yeah. And, and that made it easier to like find specific links. It's like, okay, I want to share the URL for this episode, or I want to share it to Facebook, or I want to, you know, copy the URL and, and, and paste it into my newsletter, or I want to embed it on my website. Like that redesign really helped just make everything a lot easier to find. I think it definitely helped cut down our support cases too, with people saying, how do I do this? Cause yeah. they're like, oh, well, I just go to the episode and I can see my title, my description and my episode artwork. And oh, right there on the right bo- uh, sidebar is exactly what I'm looking for. So yeah, that's a good point. Good customer service starts with app design. And then we moved on to Tango. And the first thing we did in Tango was we added a share to LinkedIn button. Mm -hmm. So why was that important? Because that made it so we didn't have to wear suits to work anymore because we we fulfilled our (laughs) professional obligations. (laughs) I mean, I think there's, it's funny, like I would never think of using LinkedIn for my podcast and it's not, wouldn't be super applicable to me, but uh, there's some people like the way they market their show is on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And so we started hearing more from people who have a bit more of a professional bend to their podcast. Um, and yeah, I think of like, I think Kwame might've been one of the people who was interested in it and his podcast negotiate anything. And like for him negotiations, it's very professional. He's reaching a lot of professionals. He's going to want to be on LinkedIn. Okay. And then in Tango, we jumped into Wave Player gets directory links. And so we launched a new Wave Player earlier in the year. I didn't touch on that earlier because I'm touching on it now. And um, one of the enhancements that we did is that you can click a subscribe button on the embeddable Wave Player that we have. And now we're not just showing like Apple Podcasts and Spotify, but we're showing all the different apps. So they mm-hmm. can anybody can scroll down and find the podcatcher of their choice. Right. So if you're taking your embed player and putting it on your blog post or a website or something like that, anyone can then directly subscribe to the podcast app that they use. So it just makes it, again, a lot easier to get people to subscribe so they listen to more episodes and you can grow your audience. Right. And then we did better handling for people with multiple podcasts. So in Buzzsprout, you can you don't just have to have one podcast. You can have two or three or 10 or 100. And when you started to have like more than three or four, it was a little bit eh, not not the greatest UI in terms of switching between them. People would get confused. And so we wanted to make that a better experience. And so yeah. uh, anybody listening, if you have multiple podcasts on Buzzsprout, hopefully you appreciated that Tango update. All right. So that wrapped Tango and then we moved into Uniform. And so just if you're following along in the timeline, now we are into September. Beginning of September was the Uniform Cycle kickoff. And that is when we you guys started the How to Start a Podcast video series. Boom. Which are now rolling out. Yes, they are. Albin, a long our, time. our movie star in the making. Yeah. It's three-month investment so far. We're only on video five. Just dropped video five yesterday, right? Yeah. And it, that's not uh, that's not full-time work on it, but it is a good amount of time. Mm-hmm. I mean, each of those scripts took me two days. And then the second video, a guy commented, hey, man, for the next video, you should write a script. And I'm like, I'm reading this off a teleprompter. <laughs> what do you want from me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if anyone out there is wondering, you know, like uh, the difference between <laughs> podcasting and creating videos, we've been three months oh, in the making of these, these how to start a podcast video series. And I think you guys did the original how to start a podcast uh, podcast course in just like a, a week, week and a half, all of them, right? We recorded yeah. all of them in a week. And then I think I edited them the next week. Yeah. 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 So it was 
pretty quick turnaround. It was like a three-week scripts mm -hmm. filming. Yeah, that was so that much was easier. Fun. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> love podcasting. Gotta right. love it. Also, in uniform, we did the affiliate marketplace launch. Cha-ching! Yeah, and we talked a lot about that at the time. That is, uh, anybody interested in getting started in affiliate marketing, we wanted to make it really easy to find your first uh, affiliates for you to partner with. So we launched with five of them. You can go click on resources, affiliate marketplace, and see everything that's there. And Alvin, have you looked up how many brand mentions we've had since we launched that? Yeah, we just looked it up and it was like 590. So a lot of people are getting affiliates, mentioning them in the episodes, hopefully getting some cash. Yeah. We don't see all the cash because we don't take a cut of it. Nope. We stay out of it. So we don't know uh, how those affiliate deals are working out for you guys. So if you want to drop us an email, support at buzzsprout.com and let us know how it's working out for you, how we can make it better. We are super interested in providing the best way to get started in affiliate marketing. Uh, and then, hey, here's a big one. Team members. Mm -hmm. Team members was part of the uniform cycle. So not just one login for your Buzzsprout account anymore. Now you can add as many people to your account as you want, and you can add them in different roles. Yeah, I mean, the purpose for this is a lot of people, we were starting to see it was more common for multiple people to be working on the same show. Some people, one person's the editor, one's the owner. And I don't know what it is with podcasters. Maybe we're a little more cantankerous, but sometimes we you know, butt into each other and we say, Hey, you did something wrong in the podcast. No, oh, well, it's one login. So this way you can see what's going on, who's doing what you can maybe some people have different per permissions and it's a clear, there's one person who owns the podcast. Right. Well, and if you hire an outside podcast editor, then they can upload your episodes for you. They can schedule them out and that kind of stuff, but they can't like delete stuff. They can't cancel your account. And so you're able to start outsourcing more things if you want to. Right. And then, uh, what is this? Oh, creator program. We launched the creator program. So we announced it, put a page up on our website and invited people to apply to our creator program. And can we announce our first creators that we've accepted? Let's do it. Okay. So in no particular order, the first creator that we've accepted to the Buzzbrot creator program is Kwame Christian. And he is, uh, his podcast is called negotiate anything. And there's another podcast on his, on his network. Or Ask with his uh, confidence. Ask with confidence. And so we are super excited. We've known Kwame for a long time and he does great stuff and has been a fan of Buzzsprout for years and years. So exciting to make that relationship official. And the next one is Crystal Profit. If anybody is in the, the Facebook, Buzzsprout Facebook community group, uh, you might know Crystal because she is in there and helping people all the time. She is awesome. She's a podcast coach, helps people launch podcasts, start podcasts, answer their podcast questions. Um, she's been super helpful to us and we want to really partner with her and help her take her show and, and all of her goals to the next level in 2020. And then the third is Carrie Ann Reed Brown, who has been a guest on Buzzcast previously, right after podcast movement. Yeah. And so look for great things from those three people in 2020 as we walk through and, and figure out and stumble together about what the Buzzsprout creator program does and how it looks. Um, but yeah, we're really, really excited about that. And that brings us to the last work cycle of the year, which we just wrapped this week. Um, Victor was the name of the work cycle. And a couple things that we uh, are rolling out as part of Victor. One is better embed code. So uh, the embed code is just the code that you copy and paste into your website to get your podcast players on your own website. And depending on the technology that your website was using, there uh, were a few edge cases 
where the player wouldn't display properly. And so we enhanced the embed code to make that easier and more compatible with all different websites, whether you're on Squarespace or Wix or HomeBuilt or WordPress or whatever. Uh, and then we added character counts to the description field. So it's not something that a lot of people run into, but every now and then you have podcasters and they have very long descriptions of their episodes. They, some people um, <clears throat> just drop a lot of show notes. Um, some people, you know, take quotes and all this other kind of stuff and put it in their descriptions. Totally fine. But there is a limit to the number of characters that you can have in a description. And that's per Apple, uh, Apple podcast specs. You can't have more than 4,000 characters. And if you do things like um, affiliate mentions or stuff, then we have to reserve some of that space for disclaimers and stuff. So we wanted to add a, a live character count. So as you're typing, you see how much room you have left. And then there's one more project that was actually most of the work that right. hasn't, hasn't rolled out yet. Um, Top but, secret. but we're very excited about it. If as a, uh, informed insider, you are subscribed to the YouTube channel, you can go and watch our latest video, which was how to edit a podcast. And there's a little Easter egg in there for you. Give you a, a little sneak peek of what's coming in 2020, which right. can, uh, there, which there's exciting. A, a very short section showing a screencast of Buzzsprout. And being a Buzzsprout user yourself, I'm sure you will recognize that, hey, that's not a screen I've seen before. So if you want to see what's coming in early January, go take a look. So awesome. Great year. 2019 was a huge year for Buzzsprout. Uh, I think we had a lot of fun putting these features together for you guys. Uh, it was really great getting all the feedback from you and how you're using them and how it's helping you. And we're excited in 2020 to continue moving that ball forward and continuing to empower and equip you to reach your goals and just keep podcasting. So uh, from all of us here at Buzzsprout, we want to say uh, happy holidays, happy new year, and we'll see you in 2020.